0: Sunday morning and I haven't preached on Christmas this year I've got about 200 Christmas messages probably at least 200 have you counted them Mike somewhere in that neighborhood 200 250 and uh, I usually start teaching on Christmas at the middle or end of September and I'll go through the end of the year every Sunday morning Sometimes I'll go up into uh, go up into January, February. This year I haven't taught on it because Mike's been playing some of my old messages. And my heart's been on something else. But I'm going to teach you a lot of the facts that I have about Christmas. I've got all kinds of books uh, about Christmas. Christmas is Roman Catholicism. I am not a Roman Catholic. Christmas is Christ Mass. When you look it up in a in a common dictionary, any dictionary, you get a uh, you can get one of these encyclopedia up here and look up Christmas, and it'll tell you that Christmas is Christus C H R I S T E S M A E. S-S-E Christus Mass what they did was take Christ Mass and they shortened it dropped one of the S's off of it pulled the words together and called it Christmas it is Roman Catholic it was against the law to celebrate Christmas 300 years ago in America let me tell you why There were families in Europe for back in the Middle Ages. uh, There were families, the Waldens family, the Huguenot family, and many other families were there in Europe. And the Roman Catholic Church in what was called the Inquisition, Inquisition, Now, the Inquisition came in several forms. You had the the Roman Catholic Inquisition. Inquisition. You had the Portuguese. Of course, being right next door to Spain, they're also Roman Catholic. The Portuguese Inquisition. Portuguese Inquisition. And you had several other forms of this. Religious forms of the Inquisition. Inquisition comes from the word inquisitor. An inquisitor is one who questions. But it's not merely questioning. These people were sent out by the Vatican. And they actually organized. There were several different uh, forms of uh, orders. Several different orders of the priesthood. I don't know all of them, but I know three of them that are very important in what I'm teaching. You had the Dominicans. The Dominicans and you had the Jesuits. The Jesuits. I think I put too many S's in there. the Jesuits and the Jesuits was organized by Ignatius Loyola Loyola University is in Chicago it's a Roman Catholic uh, seminary L-O-Y-L Loyola I'll get it in a minute well, and I've got a paper somewhere in all my papers, and it was a, it was a, in order to be a Jesuit priest, you had to be checked out by the Roman Catholics. You had to, they tell you in this application that you have to have be very devious, underhanded, you have to be willing to do anything, lie for the Catholic Church you had to have a killer's mentality you had to be willing to kill in the name of catholicism people say the catholics don't do that oh yes they do they not only did that over a 700 year period they killed all of these families by sending uh men in they had a what they called an inquisitor general he would go in and head up these meetings He would set these, these meetings up to inquisit these people, to question these people in a village. They would go in and torture them. They would kill them. They would peel their fingernails off. They would strip their skin off. They would disjoint them and uh, disjoint their bones as they beat them then bring them back the next day, reset their bones and bring them back again the next day to pull them out of joint they did all kinds of torture you can find this if you want to read it i've had some women tell me i can't read that that's so bloody and so gory it's in fox's book of martyrs fox's book of martyrs now you want to get a book that'll tell you what christmas actually is it'll tell you all about this said, take people and they would threaten their lives if they would not partake of the sacrament of the mass. The sacrament, the sacrament of the mass. The sacrament of the mass is not what the Baptists would call the Lord's Supper. Not even kin to it. It is where the Roman Catholics believe this. Uh, priest they have the sacrament of the mass every day in a catholic church three, four times a day they have this sacrament of the mass and they say that when they raise the eucharist up in the, I don't know why they have to raise it in the air but they do raise it up I Guess it's closer to heaven or something and uh, they say the words hoc est hoc est corpus now where did I get this eum filet I got this out of a word origin book I've got it in my library at home you can get word origins look up hocus hocus pocus now this is a play off of the Catholic words for the mass hoc corpus eum file. well the magicians got to hold that and they say hocus pocus presto chango that's in essence what they're saying in the mass that that cracker turns into the literal body of Christ And they say that he is present in the Eucharist. They call that, they have an official word. How do you know this, Jim? Well, it's real easy. Go down to Books a Million or Barnes and Noble, and they will order for you Catechism of the Roman Catholic Church. And all you have to do is open it up, and they'll tell you exactly what they believe. It is not the Lord's Supper. We don't even believe in that. But that's not what it is. But just, you can get a catechism. And you'll notice, I've read out of it each year. And they will tell you that what Jesus was eating at the communion, what's so funny is they know, the Catholics know that it was the last Passover. They know that, they'll tell you in this book. And they'll tell you that that, you cannot partake of the Mass unless you are a confirmed Roman Catholic. Isn't that right? Old Catholics, is that right? Unless you've been confirmed, I don't know when your confirmation happens. What, about 12 years old? 12. Um, Gwen said it was 12. You're confirmed, but that's when you start partaking of your First Communion. And you can't do that until unless you are a Roman Catholic, and uh, it absolutely is not what uh, America is being told. As far as the Roman Catholics are concerned, all the Protestants, according to their doctrines, are going to hell. Isn't that right? That's exactly true. Now, where in the world? What in the world is that? Hocus pocus presto chango, if you say that, that means you're going to pull a rabbit out of a hat. If you say hocus corpus emphile, that means you're going to turn that cracker into the body and the blood of Christ. Now, where did this come from? It comes out of the scripture. Let's go back to it. I've mentioned it recently. Go over here to John, the sixth chapter. Show you how they've polluted everything and corrupted everything. The mass is eating human flesh. The mass is cannibalism. Cannibalism. Now, Mr. Alexander Hislop, he was a Puritan writer in last century. He believed the truth about the Bible. This is his book, Two Babylons. Now, he's got a lot of enemies. If you really like Christmas and you're trying to defend it, people say he didn't know what he's talking about. He has got a bibliography. A bibliography is a list list of all the books. You probably can't even find the books. Several hundred in his bibliography. That's in the front of it. These are famous historians. Some have been forgotten, and he's got more information in this book than any book I have ever seen on any subject. Now, anybody wants to put him down is going to say he's making up this history. Well, I didn't study this. I didn't study McLenic and Strong. You can get more about the sun gods and the... Tree goddesses out of McClinic clinic are stronger than any set of books I've ever seen. You want to study Hercules, which was a sun god. You want to study Venus, which was a moon goddess, always represented by the tree upon the earth. And the female deities, whether it is Venus, Ceres, Sibyl, Melita, they were all what they called media tricks. A mediatrix is a female mediator. Now, how many mediators are there, according to Paul's writings to Timothy? Huh? there's one mediator between God and the man, the man, Christ Jesus, not a woman. Now, a mediatrix is you pray to her. You here, you are here. She is up in the heavens. And you're down here and you're praying to her so she can go to the Father and she can assuage or divert his wrath from you. We do not do that, the Father, or actually so that you can divert Jesus' wrath. Jesus is not, doesn't have the wrath of the Father. It is Jesus that we go to and he diverts the Father's wrath when he baptizes us with his blood. Now, where does cannibalism come from, according to Mr. Mr. Hislop? It comes from Kahan Baal. Kahan Baal. Kahan in the In the Greek language, in the Hebrew language, is the word priest. Priest. These are priests of Baal. They shortened this to Kana, C-A-H-A-N-A, Kana Baal. And later on, cannibal to cannibal. C-A-N-N-I-B-A-L. Now, that's a devourer of human flesh. When and I don't just read Alexander Hislop's book on Christmas. You'll find all kinds of things from the and Strong. You can look up any of these tree gods or sun gods, and I've got several of them I'd like to read. About to you, Christmas is pagan. It was against the law to celebrate Christmas 300 years ago in America. Because the, all of these families were being killed. The Huguenots. And many others as well. The Waldenses. These were families that multiplied into thousands over hundreds of years. Well, when they were being slaughtered by the Catholic Church, they said, we will go to this new land called America. And we will. This was happening in Europe. There were other names in there, the Cathars. I can't remember all of them. And many others. And some of them may differ with me on beliefs. But they were being killed. They come to America... They said we will purify this new land of all Roman Catholic influences. So in the sixteen hundreds, around sixteen twenty nine, somewhere in that neighborhood, they outlawed Christmas, they outlawed Halloween, Easter, anything that had that had a Christmas smell to it, or a Roman Catholic attitude towards it; they outlawed it. Well, a few years later, the Universalists and the Unitarians repealed the law, and they passed the law. But the but the Baptists and these. The Baptists and the other Protestants would have nothing to do with Christmas till nearly 1900. America's only been celebrating Christmas in the Protestant churches for about 120, 25 years. That's all. Now, how how in the world did they come up with this priest's bail? When you read Mr. Edersheim, most of you have... Edersham's books, he's got a book on the history of Israel. It tells you all kinds of things about it. When it gets to the 18th chapter of 1 Kings he's talking about the priests of Baal that Elijah went and faced upon Mount Carmel. And he says they look quite ridiculous in their tall white pointed hats and their white robes. We get KKK from that. KKK stands for Kyklos, the Kyklos clan. Clan means family. Family. Kyklos is the word circle. That would have to do with the sun being represented With the circle. Whenever you look at the Roman Catholic priests, they have one of two things with their hair. Their hair is cut in a tonsure. A tonsure is one of two things either cutting the top of your head in a circle and shaving it off, a circle on top of your head, or leaving the center of your head. And having a circle and the hair in the middle and shave all around that. So it's a circle to represent the sun. The same thing as the halo. A halo, wherever you find a halo, that is the sun god of the ancient world. Sun god. Let me get back to this over here. To these priests of Baal. They had what they called at the Christmas time... It was the Feast of Saturn. Feast of Saturn. This is in Rome. They had this Feast of Saturn and the, and the, they had a seven-day period from December the 17th through the 24th where they had a, an orgy in Rome that is sexual promiscuity of all kinds and in this orgy they would copulate in the streets with each other men with men with women sometimes with animals it was a debaucherous thing if you think Jesus wants his name on that you're really wrong it was heathenism now during that time period, they would go out and get what they called a fool. They would get a man who was poor, didn't have anything, and they would have him wear the fool's hat. What is the fool's hat? It was the same thing. It was on the priest's bell. It was the pointed hat or the dunce hat that you make a kid go sit in the corner of the room. So, they had these dunce hats, and that was the same thing that the priests of Baal wore. And the priests of Baal wanted to imitate the priests of God, so they would. <coughs> so the priest of Baal would eat human sacrifice from their altars. I don't have time to read all this, but I got a paper here, and it comes out of this is just for your information I'll tell you real quickly this is a an article this don't come out of and strong it comes out of Hastings Encyclopedia of Religion and this is called eating the God they said they could call their gods down we don't just use one book people will say his love was this and his love was that and he couldn't verify they really don't know what they're talking about one man wrote a book a man named woodrow wrote a book about how that uh how that his couldn't prove the things he said then he come up and wrote a retraction of his own book quit publishing it ralph woodrow was his name if you've ever run across it and then he come up and published i guess he went back and studied it more well, this eating the god has to do with cannibalism. When you live in a cannibal country like Scott and Dee did, where they have cannibals down there, they eat their enemies. They'll eat their hearts so that they can gain their strength and become stronger than their other enemies. That's why they eat it. And it comes out of the ancient world. It's called eating the gods. Now, I don't have time to go through all that, The idea that the properties of an organism are acquired by eating its substance is widely spread among semi-civilized people. and go into it, give you all kinds of stuff, out of Hastings Encyclopedia. Now, let me show you something here. Now, this looks like, tell me what this looks like to you. All right. I got a whole bunch of pictures here. All right. Now what does this look like to you? Out right here. It looks like the clan, doesn't it? It's not. Roman Catholics. This is the way they dress. In their special garb, their tall white pointed hats and white sheets. If you saw The Godfather, the third movie, they were marching down the street just like this in the movie. Did you see that? Marching with these outfits. That's wrong Catholicism. The clan got their dress from ancient priests of Baal and they ate human flesh. You got, i got all kinds of pictures. You can get these off the internet if you want them. Um, you got, got some in the blue. I'm just verifying to you it's not what people think. And if, if you live in a foreign country and you go against the Catholics, they might kill you. Right, Scott? They will do that in a foreign country it looks just like the clan it's not and you'll find that in the Roman Catholic Church now what's identified with with the priests of Baal when they move that into the Roman Catholic Church is a flaming cross the Roman Catholic Church had a flaming cross on Lady Day in the ancient world, Lady Day was nine months before the Messiah was supposed to be born in the ancient world. They even got their kids dressed up in it. They, these are little Catholic children, and they got them dressed up like clansmen. I've got got much more than this, much more. Just don't have time to get in all of it. You want to come up here and look at them? You're welcome to do that when, after church. Now, so this is the clan comes out of the same thing now i've got and the swastika is identified with this the swastika was on people think Adolf Hitler invented the swastika. I'm sorry, but he didn't um uh, let me see if I got a picture here. I've got a picture of a postcard that I blew up, and it belonged to the uh, the dolls up in Wisconsin, and their mother, their grandfather, sent it to their. I don't know if I got it here handy. It was like this right here, like this. It's got a swastika on it. It says good luck. That's because the swastika was a good luck charm in the ancient world. It had a reason for being good luck. You got swastikas all over the ancient world. They're everywhere. You got them on bridges. You got them in. We're not talking about Germany. We're talking about long, two thousand, three thousand years before Hitler got a hold of it and made it more evil than it actually was Uh, the swastika is the big dipper that's what it is that's the reason i did a message last year that the swastika is the reason for the season it's exactly the reason for the season the swastika is the big dipper in its four phases i'll make some more of these i've got it over here The reason I put it up here so you can see it. All right. There it is. This is the Big Dipper. And what they did, they would. Let me make a picture of it over here. It was all about food, it was about food. now they would every three months at midnight they would check the big dipper and go out at midnight these were the farmers the people that were raising crops this was their crop clock that's what it was for so when you you make a this is an imaginary line here This is Polaris, the North Star. Now, my information comes from many different sources, from the Lincoln Strong, from the Hastings, from the Two Babylons. You get a lot of it from off of the uh, internet. I've got so many. I have studied this for decades. This is exactly true. I did not get That Christmas is Pagan from Mr. Hislop. I didn't get Christmas is Pagan from the and Strong. I didn't get Christmas is Pagan from Hastings or any other book. I was 12 years old, 1951. We didn't have a TV. I didn't know what a TV was. Never heard of one. And Clyde, my brother, came in one day and said, Bill Hunter's daddy brought a television. And I said, what's that? I had never heard of one. Never saw a movie in a house. But went down there and I thought, "Golly, wow, they got a great big TV. It was 17 inches. We thought that was real big. My father went out and got an 8-inch television. An 8-inch screen, probably about like this something like that it's eight inches they measured across there it's a little bitty screen and it had rabbit ears and we didn't have cable in fact all we had was rabbit ears and it had two stations that was in fort worth when i was a little kid i was 12 years old in 1951 and we were so enamored by that We'd turn all the lights off in the house so it was dark. We didn't know we couldn't see it as well as if we had a light on. Uh, nobody told us that. So we'd just turn it and be pitch black in the house and turn it on and we'd be going. And just We were enamored by it. Just, golly. We watched wrestling. We watched I Love Lucy, believe it or not, 1951. That was the most popular comedy show on TV. Watch that. We would watch Fulton Sheen, Roman Catholic priest, goofy guy. And we watched the Midnight Mass. And the where I got the the Christmas as pagan was sitting there evaluating it for myself without reading anybody's commentaries. I was sitting there as a little kid, I was the skinniest kid in school and And me and one other guy would be the littlest guys, and my feet didn't touch the floor. And I'd be looking at that, and I'd be saying to myself, the way my mind thinks, I'd be saying, is that Christ's Mass? Here it is Christmas Eve, and that's the Pope, and he's a Roman Catholic something priest or something. I didn't know nothing. And then I'd be saying, if this is Christmas Eve, is that Christ's Mass? And St. Nicholas, I think that's a name for Santa Claus or something. I found out later on St. Nicholas was a 4th century Roman Catholic bishop that gave, gave gifts to children. And some of the historians say that they believe that he was a pedophile because he kept children around to give them gifts. And I wouldn't doubt if that's not true. So I began to question Christmas, and then my mother would come to us. Daddy was an old country preacher, and Mama would come to us and say, kids, your daddy don't have any money that went in Christmas this year. It didn't bother me because I always had a paper route. I threw the Fort Worth Press and the, and the Beaumont Enterprise and the Beaumont Journal, and I always had a paper route, or I'd work in grocery stores when I was 16, and make 50 to 75 cents an hour. So I could buy what I wanted to buy. I bought my shoes and my socks. I bought all my clothes from the time I was 12. Never got a nickel from my father. And that was okay with me. But I didn't understand why the poor couldn't be a part of this thing if it was godly. And I was always resented it from the time I was little. And all these guys did was back up what... I, what I found out to be true. They just verified it. And I tell the story how I studied where I got that Christmas was totally pagan. I studied the Old Testament. Started when I was 17. And I and I studied Old Testament. I studied the gods that Israel went after Baal and the grove and Shemash one day I looked up Shemash and I found out that was the god of the Moabs that was the sun god of Moab and I found out the word Shemash I looked up the word sun Shemash is the word sun in the Hebrew and all this thing started coming together and tying together and I kept looking at that well this is what Christmas is about, the swastika. What they would do, I said it was about crops. It's about crops. And you got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven stars in the Big Dipper. Mike said he saw some special. They said they had... 490 stars in the Big Dipper. That's stars we can't see. What we see is seven. But 490 to 70 times seven, that's the number of the 70 weeks of Daniel. And the Bible says, seek not the seven stars, but seek him that maketh the seven stars and Orion. Orion. There's two testimonies to that. The Lord tells Job, Can you bind the sweet influences of Pleiades? Pleiades, all we can see in Pleiades is seven stars. The Jews said the Pleiades, since it was seen in the spring, they said that the Pleiades, P-L-E-I-A-D-E-S, They said that Pleiades drew the sap up in the vine in the spring and gave crops to Israel. Well, as to whether that was true is not the point. The point is God knew that's what the people believed. So he said, don't seek these seven stars. Seek him who maketh the seven stars. That's God. Don't seek that. You can find that. Seek not. We'll look at it real quick. In Amos 6th chapter. Fifth chapter, excuse me. Hosea Joel Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, ma'am. This has to do with all right. Amos. And I this just takes me on a trip I can't get off of. I reach out and grab one of the subjects and I get I keep going. I can talk about this all day long and all night for six months. I put that much study in it. Amos, Hosea, Joel, Amos. Amos, the fifth chapter and verse four. Now, Amos is preaching against Israel for going after these, all these sun and tree gods. For thus saith the Lord unto the house of Israel, Seek ye me, and ye shall live. Seek not Bethel, nor enter into Gilgal. Israel had set up sun and tree worship in Bethel and Gilgal. Gilgal was the first city that they moved to when they crossed the Jordan River after 40 years in the wilderness. And pass not to Beersheba, for Gilgal shall surely Go into captivity. It's talking about when the Assyrians came in and carried northern Israel into captivity. And Bethel shall come to naught. They also set up sun and tree worship in Bethel. Seek the Lord and you shall live lest he break out like fire in the house of northern Israel. Anytime you see Joseph long after he's dead, that's saying northern Israel, the ten northern tribes. It's saying Ephraim. And that's exactly what he did with the Assyrian kings, Shalmaneser and Sennacherib and Tiglath-Pileser. And devour it, and there be none to quince it in Bethel. Ye who turn judgment to wormwood. God's, wormwood is a bitter herb. God says, Israel, when you pass judgment on me and you don't keep my laws, I'll make you drink wormwood. And leave off the righteousness in the earth. Seek him that maketh the seven stars in Orion. They said the Big Dipper and Pleiades brought the sap up in the spring. And turneth the shadow of death into morning and maketh the day dark with night that calleth for the waters of the sea and poureth them out upon the earth. The Lord is his name. Now look over here in Job, the 38th chapter. Job 38. That's one set of stars. It takes two witnesses to declare anything in Israel. God's got another set of seven stars, and that is the Pleiades. And he talks about that in the book of Job. Pleiades. Job 38. All right. I'm just giving, I'm just verifying, I'm going to verify as much as I can on... This 38. Nope, that's Psalms. I won't find that in Psalms. All right. Job, the 38th chapter. And God is correcting Job for having said, I am innocent. God says, there's no one innocent, Job. And he tells him, are you able to uh, tell God what to do? That's me. You can't tell me what to do. And he says, uh, "Let's read a little bit of this." He says, "I've reserved against the time of trouble, against the day of battle, and and war." And he talked about the snow in verse twenty-two. He said, "I reserve snow for my purposes." By the way, by what way is the light parted? Can you tell me that, Job? Which scattereth the east wind upon the earth? who hath divided a water course for the overflowing of waters, or a way for the lightning and thunder. He said, I did all that, Job. And he goes on down here and says, can you bind the sweet influences of Pleiades there in verse 31, or loose the bands of Orion? Well, if you don't go study what that's about, all you have to do is get your McClinican strong, look up pleiades look up orion it will tell you that the rabbis said that it was pleiades that brought the sap up in the vine and they said that it was orion the evening star in the winter that took the sap back down what god is talking about binding the sweet influences of pleiades and loose of the bands of orion he's talking about famine i can stop your crops from growing and he said you'll have famine that's you can look up any number of things in the in the mcclinican strong not just things about the gods but you can look up all kinds of information when you run across something grab your mcclinican strong and start studying so the Pleiades, the rabbi said gave you crops but he said bind i can bind What it takes for Pleiades, the sweet influences of Pleiades is not the stars guiding your life. The sweet influences of Pleiades, according to the rabbis, when they said the crops came up, would be the smell of the apple blossoms in the spring. It would be the wheat growing in the field. That's the sweet influences of Pleiades. God says, I can bind the sweet influence. I can stop your crops from growing. That's one of God's curses, the famine. But if you don't know that you're not going to know these things now. I got to get back to the swastika. The the swastika, you've got got an imaginary line here, imaginary line here, imaginary line here, imaginary line here. And you have the swastika like so. I'm just going to draw a general picture of it. And you have it down here. And this was called the Wheel of the Year. Wheel of the Year. They call it the Wheel of the Year. And they said, in the ancient world, they said that what well, turned that wheel. If you have June here, on June the third, they would check the at midnight. They would check and look at the stars, and it's what they would see. And three months later, they would check at midnight at. Uh, September the 3rd, it would be here. Now that's September, that's going into fall. You're going into fall, and fall takes you to winter. They knew when they got to the end of the harvest, end of harvest, they knew they were going into winter. Winter would be here. This would be December the 3rd and that's the dead of winter and these people said they had to have crops in the spring and they didn't have good ways to store supplies they didn't have Kroger and Safeway and all these places down the street to go buy groceries and they were very limited on ways to store remember god said in deuteronomy 28 if you obey me I'll multiply your storehouses. Your storehouses will be full. Your basket will be full. But if you don't obey me, I'll empty all of it. I'll bring disease upon you and famine and sword and pestilence. So this was the pagans trying to have their way. And what they wanted was to get this clock over here to spring. And they were watching that clock, that Big Dipper, the swastika, swastika is a word, suvasti. It means it is good. It had more or less the same meaning as a man. but the same meaning, it is good. That's why they called it a good luck symbol. In the 20s, before Hitler came along, The Boy Scout symbol in America was a swastika. This is in America. The Boy Scout symbol with a fleur-de-lis that's also fleur-de-lis means flower of of the lily fly of the lily and the Boy Scout symbol and the fleur-de-lis is on the helmets of the New Orleans saints and the New Orleans saints are in a Roman Catholic town that's why they have the fleur-de-lis on their helmets most of y'all know that listening to me but if you didn't know it that's where it comes from they call every county in Louisiana, a parish. A parish is where you worship in a Roman Catholic church. That's what it's about. So that was the flower of the lily, and it was a common thing. Let me see if I got a picture or something. This is an old ancient picture here. It says, Good luck. Can you see it? It's made up of swastikas. You can see that. Here's a a postcard written by Della Barnes or something sent in the United States, mailed here. That was in the early 1900s. Here's more of the more of the uh Oh, this is the Jesuit. You can go and look at this. This is what you had to sign. If he's a Jesuit, that should have all this deviousness about you. We've got that, too. Jesuits were killers. Now, let me see what else I got here. They've got a building in Washington that's shaped like a swastika. You can see that uh, they had a let's see if I can find this. I had an advertisement somebody gave it to me one year is this woman buying some items, and it was just a advertising program, and in it they had this this actually the will of the year and it says will of the year and it's an American advertisement back a few years ago not back years ago but just a few years ago I got it here somewhere I don't know where it is I got so much I want to show you let me thumb through here here's something I want you to see this is This is a copy of U.S. News and World Report, Christmas 1996. You go into here, and the head staff writer of this U.S. News and World Report, everybody's familiar with that, aren't you? That's a financial magazine that was probably on Donald Trump's desk and and all over Washington. And the writer here goes into Christmas. And he tells you, I'll just kind of tell you some of the things he said. He said, people look back at a time, they try to look back at a time when Christmas was unsullied. Sullied means to be dirty. He said there never was a time where it wasn't dirty. It's always been pagan, and he goes to this. And he says in here that if they took Christmas, this is a respected Writer for the U.S. News and World Report. He said if they took Christmas out of the marketplace, it would collapse, it wouldn't last. It's a commercial thing, is what it's about. You'll look at that, you can come up here, be glad if you look at it. I've got material coming out my ears on this. Here's something really interesting. Sid Martin used to be our Song leader here. And he had to go back to Louisiana. Love Sid. He was a gentle old guy. Had a master's degree in music. Brilliant guy. Talked real country. Talked out of the corner of his mouth. Didn't he? Remember that? Just a simple guy, but brilliant about music. He said he owned this book for 25 years. Christmas and its songs... And this was the article in front of it, but he never read it till he came here. (laughs) And it's really funny because it tells you about the origin of Christmas. The earliest source of Christmas customs is probably the Sumerian civilization which flourished over 4,000 years ago. Sumeria is not Samaria. Sumeria is the lower Mesopotamian valley. It's exactly where Babylon was. The lower Mesopotamian valley is right down in here. And Babylon is on the Euphrates River there. And they're saying here in this book for high school kids to read. They're telling you all about. Let me get me up. Talking about the origin of Christmas. And it—I'll just read a little bit of this and kind of, kind of show you. Marduk, the chief god of Sumar. This isn't a, something putting down Christmas; it's something they're lifting up, so you can read it before you sing these ca- Christmas carols. And they say that that Christmas started down here in Lower Mesopotamia. Mesopotamia means between the rivers. That was between the Tigris and the Euphrates River, and Babylon was built on the Euphrates River, and Babylon was the mother of all harlots, all idolatry. And so they tell you here, Marduk, the chief god of Sumer, won that position by engaging in a titanic battle with Timot, the goddess monster. He's talking about over four thousand years ago, long before Jesus was here two thousand years ago. The goddess monster who ruled the underworld kingdom of chaos. Marduk killed her and fashioned the world from her corpse. This world of Marduk's making had to be rejuvenated periodically. When vegetation withered and died. There we are. Back to famine. That's all I'm going to read on that. I'll make you copies of these if you want them. This doesn't come out of just one book. So they're wanting this... This clock, which is a swastika or the Big Dipper, to get back around here. How did that turn? They thought I was looking at a paper I've got. The Big Dipper, these stars, one of them will be, we're looking at it and this is what we see. But each one of these stars is thousands of light years from the others. They're not on the same plane up there. One's way back over here, maybe 20,000 light years away from another one. But we see it as this. That's what we see it. It's, and they just wanted to, for it to get back over here to have crops in the spring and to distribute fortunes to the world. Now, the word demon, all of the gods, whether it was Venus or whether it was Hercules or Perseus, they were all called demons. Paul said so. They were called D-A-I-M-O-N-I-O-N. That's our word demon. And it means to distribute fortunes it doesn't mean just money it was going to distribute crops the God that was going to turn this around and get those they didn't know they had no idea that the earth was moving around the sun it was that's what this was about I put it on the board I'm going to put up here again it's about our solar system, and how the Earth is moving around the sun, and it's not four Earths; it just this is the sun, and as it's moving around, the sun is tilting at I believe it's twenty. Three and a half degrees. If it's not, one of you can tell me. And whenever the northern hemisphere is pointing away from the sun here, then you're in winter. When it's pointing to the sun in the northern hemisphere here, you're in the middle of summer. This is the same thing as this over here. It's just from our viewpoint. And they said, when they get over here to the winter, they had to get the the swastika or the Big Dipper back over here to the summer for food. God told them how to have food. How do you have food? According to the Bible. Obedience to God. That's all. All you have to do is obey God, and you'll have plenty of food. Now, how did these Roman Catholics, what did they twist in the Scripture to cause? Well, I'll show you one other thing about this, but I'll get to it in a minute. How did they come up with this idea of eating human flesh go back to the 6th chapter of John 6th chapter of John here's what the Roman Catholics did they did the same thing the Baptists do they twisted the Bible twisted the scripture look here in John 6 and this would take us back to last Wednesday night's message if I would go there but I'm not going to go there I might just a little It's just hard to keep your mouth shut when you get into this stuff. Now, Jesus says, Jesus says, I am the bread of life in verse 48. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which came down from heaven, talking about himself. He said, I am the bread of life. This is the bread which came down from heaven that a man may eat thereof and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat this bread, he shall live forever. The bread of Christ. And the bread that I will give is my flesh. I brought this out Wednesday night. So, the bread is the flesh of Christ. Bread equals flesh. I'll give you something I didn't give you the other night, Wednesday. Everything that the flesh is, the Bible says, and if you can't understand figurative language, you'll never understand the Bible. There's a veil to the going into the Holy of Holies there's the Ark of the Covenant, there's the candlesticks, there's this table of showbread, altar of incense, there's the brazen sea where the priest would wash every day after they'd go to the brazen altar. These are made of gold in here. These are brass. Some say copper. And Paul said in Hebrews 10.22, we enter in by a new and living hodos, new and living way, and that's the narrow way, as we go into the Holy of holies. Through the veil, that is to say his flesh. So the flesh is the veil. We're talking about figurative language. He says his flesh is the bread. Hebrews 10, 17 says, We being many are one bread and one body. There's only one body that is the church, so everything that the flesh is, it's the bread, and the Bible says here that it is the truth. I said it the other night. there's an axiom in algebra: things equal to the same thing are equal to each other. When you have the bread is equal to the flesh, the flesh is the bread is the body. The body is the church. They're all the same thing. And the veil in the temple now, well, the temple now is us. No, you're not. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. The inner sanctuary was called the house of God. We are, Christ is the son of his own house. Whose house are we? So we're the house. Our hearts are sprinkled where the Ark of the Covenant is sprinkled in the Old Testament. So our hearts are sprinkled. This this altar of incense is the prayers of the saints according to the fifth chapter of Revelation. Prayers. And the bread is the church. This is the church anywhere you find the bread. And only because Christ is in us because we partake of the bread. And we're washed at the sea. We're washed in the blood of Christ he's washed us from our sins in his own blood and this was a daily sacrifice here and every morning they offered a lamb at six o'clock or sun up and six o'clock in the evening or sun down. and so we're the daily lamb offered daily our bodies are living sacrifice every day so everything here is equal everything in the old testament is equal to the new testament so the bread is the flesh let's look back here at And what we're talking about, where the Catholics come up with this eating human flesh, or being cannibals. Look here. I am the living bread. That's Jesus. The bread is the flesh, and everything that the flesh is, the flesh is the bread, the body, the church, and so forth. I am the living bread, which came down from heaven. He shall live forever if he eats my flesh. What is the flesh of Christ, which I will give for the life of the world? And the Jews, therefore, strove among themselves, saying, How can this man give us flesh to eat? I think that's evidently what the Catholics are saying. Then he says, Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man, And drink his blood, you have no life in you. That sounds Roman Catholic, doesn't it? Until he defines it. Jesus defines it right here Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is. It's not literal flesh in the Eucharist of the Roman Catholic Church. My flesh is meat indeed. And my blood is drink indeed. So the flesh of Christ is indeed whatever that means. Indeed is the word alethes, A-L-E-T-H-E-S, means of truth. That's what I'm doing, I'm giving you truth up here. Truth is the word alethes, A-L-E-T-H-E-I-A, which is a form of this, of truth here. Alethes comes from the word lanthano, This word lanthano means to hide, lie hid. Hide or lie hid. And when you place the alpha, first letter of the Greek alphabet in front of a word as a negative particle, it negates the word. The word truth is alanthano or not to hide anything or conceal anything you tell all the truth you tell it to people that's what eat flesh and drink blood is It's to tell the truth but see people don't know that eat flesh and drink blood are an old ancient idiom it meant to partake in a slaughter that's what we have to do when we tell people christmas is pagan Christmas is pagan. Christmas is Christ's mass. I don't know why preachers can't see that word and know it's the mass of Roman Catholicism. But let me tell you what this really actually says here in this verse. It actually says in the interlinear Bible, the flesh of me is indeed the is the word te it's a definite article there are no indefinite articles in the Greek there's no a or an anytime you see a or an that's been translated forget that the translators didn't know what they were doing it's not it it says these sarks. The is feminine. Socks is feminine. What's he talking about? The flesh of me is truth. What is the feminine flesh of Christ? What well, is the body? Isn't it? We just said it's the body. So it's the body. It's the body. And how many bodies are there? There's one body. I got to take you somewhere else besides Christmas to show you what this is talking. Go to the twelfth chapter, First Corinthians. I love this. This making this clear. First Corinthians, the twelfth chapter. I don't. People that want to say, "Well, other than Christmas is all right. Well, it's hard right to you, but it's not hard right to me. I will never do it as long as I live." Here's what's amazing to me. God takes Israel. They're a nation for 500 years under kings. All these kings served Israel for 500 years. And most of them kept going after Baal, the sun god, the grove, the tree goddess. They kept going after it. And God said, I'll scatter you all over the earth just for that. I'll kill millions of you. The last Assyrian to slaughter the Jews, which one of my ancestors, his name was Adolf Hitler. I'm an Assyrian. I'm a Caucasian. Assyrians are Caucasians. They were located between the Black Sea and the Caspian Sea in the Caucasus Mountains. There, between this sea and that sea, and they were Assyrians. Were bloodthirsty, barbaric. Butchers is what they were. Now, if you like being a Caucasian, you're proud of that. You're proud of your skin. Whew. We got the worst history of any race upon the earth being a Caucasian. I do, but it's a good thing God made me new, <laughs> made me a new creation. Because I got to where I didn't like Caucasians when I realized they were so barbaric and so had such hatred for other races. There's no flesh that's good, none. Not black. There's no good man. Good black man up on earth, you know that, don't you? Oh, yes, oh, there's no good white man. There's no good red man. There's no good yellow man. There's no good brown man. All have sin. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked of every flesh. God, unless God makes you new inside, you have no hope. No matter what color you are. Now, look here. and What does it mean to partake of the body of Christ? It don't mean to take that Eucharist and chew on it. It's not it. Oh, by the way, walking down the aisle and accepting Christ is the same thing as accepting the Eucharist. It comes out of the Catholic Church. Boy, the Protestant Church has just gone Catholic, haven't they? When Henry the Eighth, well, what a way to bring this story up! When Henry the could couldn't, didn't, hadn't had any sons to carry on his legacy uh, in the Catholic Church in England, he petitioned the Catholic Church, the Pope, that he might divorce Catherine, his queen. Because she quit ovulating, she didn't have any sons that could take his place. I had one son, he was a pitiful excuse for a son, and he couldn't rule England. The Pope said, No, you can't do that. So Henry VIII said, I will secede from the Catholic Church and start my own church. And he did, he started the Anglican Church. Or what we call the Church of England. And that's just kind of a plastic Catholic because they kept all the rituals in the church. They had a guy going around, some priest swinging the incense. They had all the rituals in the church. They had similar clothes in the church. The robes that the priests wore. And they kept his, the, the Church of England kept their own form of the Pope. They called him the Archbishop of Canterbury. He was their head of the Church of England. The main thing they kept in the church was the Eucharist. What they called the Eucharist is not the Eucharist. Eucharist comes from you and caris. It means well thankfulness. Caris is the word grace. It means well grace. That's not the grace of God when the Catholics have that Eucharist given to people. And they kept the Eucharist in the church. That's where the Pope raises the Eucharist up and says, Hocus Pocus, a hocus corpus, in philly, presto Changeo. it changes into the little body and blood of Christ. And he had to walk down the aisle. Originally, they would walk down the aisle, kneel down in front of a priest, stick their tongue out, and he would stick that, that so-called Eucharist on their tongue, and they would say, Now I get to go to heaven. I've partaken of the Eucharist. That's not what it's about. I don't know why people don't know how to define words, but they don't. He said, The flesh of me is indeed... They walked down the aisle to accept Christ. The Methodist under the Wesley brothers, Charles Wesley being the head of it, John Wesley, his brother, did the music. And they walked down the aisle and accepted the Eucharist or accept Christ. That's where that comes from. You cannot accept Christ when you're dead in sin. The Bible says so. Bible says the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. They're foolishness to him. That word receiveth, decomai. And the word natural is P-S-U-C-H-I-K-O-S. We get our word physical from that. Sukikos. Pazukikos is the way you say it. Pazukikos means the man of the senses. The sensual man that can smell... Taste, touch, see, hear. This man cannot receive spiritual things, and that word my comes from deck. And deck is the word ten in the Greek. A decade is ten years. And a deck, a log, is ten logos. Ten Commandments. But the natural man cannot Deco, my means to reach out the ten fingers and accept an offer that's been given. The man who's dead in his sin cannot accept anything spiritual. You can't accept the Eucharist when you walk down there and get eternal life. It's not true. What You know most preachers are has to look at something that's going on in the churches and say that's not true and it's not so that's where they got that Methodist brought that walking down the aisle accepting Christ to America and they built what they called mourners benches back in the early 1800s in their camp meetings They'd walk down the aisle and they fenced that area in so people who wanted to mourn over the mourner's bench and get down there and cry and whine and carry on for hours, they'd get down there and try to accept Christ at that mourner's bench. It's all wrong. Those people at those camp meetings were not telling the truth either 200 years ago. Now, so he says, if you eat of me, you have to, right here it tells you how you eat of Christ. In the 12th chapter of 1 Corinthians. Let me get me a drink of water. This will tell you how you accept. Here's how you take part in the body of Christ. Didn't Jesus say this is he picked up the bread in the 26th chapter of Matthew and says, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. And he said, this bread is my body. Didn't he say that? Didn't he say that? What's the body? Church. The church. It's not a piece of bread that magically turns into, he didn't say this i this is, in our language, that would be, to be, is, am. It would be one of the being verbs. Be as am or was, were being, been have, as had do, does, did, shall, will, should, would, make, might. Must, can, could. That's the being verb, It's one of those. And they're all forms of to be. He didn't say that. He said, this esteem this represents my body when you look at the last supper that they're eating there in Matthew the 26th chapter and and Mark the the 14th chapter and Luke the 22nd chapter they're having the last passover and he said this bread of the last passover represents my body what is the body of Christ the church and here's how you partake of it not how the Catholics are doing it right here will tell you it says every one of us are baptized not in water we're blood baptized into the body of Christ there's one baptism isn't there Ephesians 4 and 5 if there's one baptism and Paul said that approximately 55 a.d. When he was nailed to the cross, he nailed every ritual to the cross in 33 A.D. There are no more rituals as of 33 A.D. So when he says there's one baptism in 55 A.D. and he says it to the Ephesian church, what's the baptism now? He's washed us from our sins in his own blood. A blood baptism was death to self. You're going to start giving up the flesh. And here's how he tells you, you... Partake of the body. I love this. Verse 13. For by one Spirit. The Holy Spirit's truth. Right? John 14, 15, 16. John 15, 26. John 16, 13. First John 5 and 6. The Spirit is the truth. Truth is what? Taking the cover off. The truth is We eat and drink of truth when we eat of his flesh, don't we? So, by one spirit are we baptized, blood baptized into one body, that's the church. Whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether you bond or free, and have been made to drink into one spirit. But the body is not one member, but many. How many are in the body of Christ? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. Let's just count all the believers in the world together. And that's how many there are. And everybody has, has a calling in the body of Christ. And He tells you that. Well, look what he says in the next verse. He uses a literal body of flesh to express what the body of Christ is. For the body is not one member, but many. And if the foot shall say, because I'm not of the hand, I'm not of the body of Christ. Are you a foot? Huh? Well, we don't need a a preacher. We got one here. We need somebody to clean the bathroom. You think that's less important? No. Do you think what you can do is less important than somebody else? No, he's saying that right here. We used to think the tonsils were, import, were not important. So when you were young, you had your tonsils taken out. Then you back in the 40s, everybody had them removed. <laughs> you had them taken out, but now they know they're important. They gather poison out of your body. We used to think the appendix was not important, but it gathers poison also. We think parts of the body, you think your big toe is important? Cut off your big toe and you have no balance. That's what the Jews did to their enemies. They cut off their thumbs and their great toes and they couldn't couldn't ride a horse. They couldn't hold a weapon. They knew that. So do you think your thumbs and your big toes are important? Do you think your toenails are important? Just try walking around without them. Well, when you bump them, it absorbs the cushions, the blow. Every part of your body is important. And that's what he's saying here. Watch. If he says, the foot shall say, I'm not of the hand, I'm not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? No, you're still a part of the body. And if the ear shall say, because I'm not of the eye, I'm not of the body. Is it not of the body? Every part of the body has a place. If the whole body were an eye, where's the hearing? If everybody was the preacher, oh, I think it's time for me to preach. No, it's not. <laughs> I've had young guys come here. It's time for me to be a pastor. I'll go down the street and get you a room, rent it, and start it. If that's what you need to do. If the whole were hearing, where's the smelling? Smelling. Now hath God set members, every one of them, in the body, it has pleased him. In the church, in the bread, this is the way you partake of the body. You don't eat a piece of cracker that's got Jesus' blood and, and got his life in it, and the real presence. You don't do that. That's what the Christ Mass is. Whether you like it or not, that's what it is. Then he says, if they are all one member, where's the body? Now are they many mem? Now are they many members? Yet, but one body. And the I cannot say unto the hand, the "I can't say to the hand, uh, I don't have any need of you. I have no need of thee. Nor against the head to the feet, I don't have any need of you." it takes everybody to make up the body of Christ the way we partake of it is not by eating the mass nay much more than the members of the body which seem to be more feeble or necessary like the appendix like the tonsils and those members of the body which we think to be less honorable atimos A-T-I-M-O-S Comes from Timae, looks like time, and the alpha privative. Timae is the word honor. It means no honor. Well, I can't speak. I can't do anything. You can do what you do. When Fred first came here, he was wrapped up in a, in a cast, been in a bad car wreck. He said, I want to come here and clean the church. And he did for a long time. Then he moved way out. We built a house out way out of the end of town. But he was here all the time cleaning the church. I didn't ask him to, did I? Never asked you to do anything. He just did it, said, I want to do something. Okay. Find something to do. I'll clean the church. Okay. Then he says, Those that are less honorable, these are the ones we bestow abundant honor and our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. Comely means beautiful and it fits together. Some of you here are backward and you're quiet and you're gentle and you don't ever move forward. Those are the ones we need to pick up. We don't need to pick up people who've got a great personality. They're very glib and they're always making people laugh. That's not who we need to pick up. We need to pick up the ones... That don't fit. I always try to make it my business to go by and just pat somebody on the shoulder that's quiet and they never say anything. For our comely parts have no need if you're comely and you get attention anyway, we don't need to we need to bypass you out to church and go over to somebody that's uncomely. But God hath tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to the part which lacked, that there should be no schism, no division schisma in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. And whether one member suffer, all members suffer with it. When you're hurting, I'm going to hurt with you. I'm going to try to find a way to answer your problems. I always do that. Or one member be honored, all members rejoice with it. Now, verse 27 tells you how you eat of the body of Christ. You don't eat the Mass. Here you've got, well, read it with me. Now, ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. Particular don't seem to be an important word. It's absolutely all important. Particular is the word meros. It means a portion to eat of the body. It means a portion to eat of. When Jesus in Luke The last chapter of Luke, look here, go over to Luke, the last chapter. Jesus raised from the dead, it's the 24th chapter. He goes to the apostles up in, now remember this word meros, means a portion to eat of. He goes to the apostles and says, do you have any food to eat? Here's what they say to him. Verse 41, And while they yet believed not for joy and wondered, he said unto them, Do you have any meat, everything to eat in his glorified body? And they gave him a piece of broiled fish. The word peace is the word maras. We eat of the body of Christ when we partake and do what we can do and give up our sin Say, Lord, help me to live right. Give up our, our mouths. We've been talking about our mouths on Sunday morning. Give up our gossip. Give up our talking unnecessarily. Giving each other a hard time. That's when you start to partake of the body of Christ. Don't find somebody you can, have, you can find fault with. Go find somebody you can reach out and help. I don't have time to go through all of this i'm going to come back next week and give you more on christmas i've got to go back to first kings we got all the way up to we finished up second samuel got saul dead king saul died and then we have david going through second uh samuel and david is being chased all over the place by Saul who's trying to kill him because he thinks David has stolen his place. And we get into the gods that Israel go after, which is the same thing. The gods that Israel goes after, you've got two places that really, First Kings 11 and 16. Those two chapters right there Israel gets involved in Baal, which is the same thing as Hercules. When you when you go in I got so many things on Christmas, y'all know that. When you go into I've got here's something else on the swastika. This is a American Indian Ball team in 1909. They all got a swastika on there. Just because it wasn't that big deal back then. It was just a good luck sign. People don't know this and they don't even care in America, do they? Ah, you must be a Nazi. You got swastikas all over the place. No. If you're celebrating Christmas, you're the Nazi. You're doing it. If you're celebrating Christmas... You're giving credence to the KKK, which comes out of, which comes out of priests of Baal. You're the one that's a Nazi. I'm trying to show you where it comes from, and it was the reason for the season. Get it, to get the Big Dipper back to spring so they can have crops. I didn't say that. The Bible says that. I studied this book so long in the Old Testament. I woke up one day and I said, Oh my goodness. I think we're involved in Greek and Roman. God worship." where Israel was. When Israel went after these gods and when Constantine brought Christmas into the church, I'll go over this again. When Constantine brought Christmas into the church, the reason he did it was because Rome was ruling the Mediterranean world. This was all there was to civilization through the Roman Empire, through the Grecian Empire, back, here's Rome here, back to the Babylonian Empire, back to the the Assyrian Empire, The only civilized world was here. What the king of, what the Caesar of Rome was worried about was the Huns, was the Vandals, was the Ostrogoths, was the Visigoths, the Vandals, the Burgundians, all of these pagans, the Franks, They were coming in trying to take over the Roman Empire. He said, what I have to do is bring their gods into the church at Rome and amalgamate this Feast of Saturn at Rome with these tree gods and sun gods and make it one religion. That's when he brought the Saturnae in the church and called it the Christ's Mass. And we've still got it mixed up in the church today. That's the reason for the season. That and this, and this swastika. They wanted to amalgamate Christianity and paganism, so they could make all these people happy. And he did that in 325 A.D. But the but the Visigoths, which were really butchers, where are the Visigoths on here? They're here somewhere. They came in in 409. AD, and they slaughtered Rome, but Christmas was already in the church. It's too late. It's there. Right above huh? It's right above Athens. Yeah. What'd you say? It's right above Athens, the Visigoth. Right above Athens. Okay, right here. Oh, it's in here. Well, there's the Ostrogoths here, the Visigoths here. And they came in, they're the ones that came into Rome and sacked Rome and leveled it to the ground. But it was already done. The deed was done. Catholicism had its foot entrenched in the world. And it is that way now with Christmas. Didn't you say a long time ago that the hell behind Christ and all... That's the sun God. That's the sun. I said that before you came in. I said that when you came in right after I said that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> the halo is the sun god. The sunburst is the sun god. I've got a lot more to say on this. I'll come back next week. We've got to go into 1 Kings, where Israel turns against God and brings Baal in under Ahab, and Solomon allowed his wives to keep all their. 300 his uh, 700 wives 300 concubines to keep all their sun and tree gods it is sun and tree god worship I started to say this if all of these all of these gods of the Huns and the Visigoths brought into the church where did they come from if all of the Israel was carrying on with all these gods For 500 years. Where did they all come from? The Bible says in Revelation 17 and 5. That everything. Babylon mothered everything. People that try to get away from Christmas being sun and tree God worship. If there's any heathenism in it at all. It comes out of Babylon. Comes out of one statement. Let us make us a name name Shem means let us make up our own doctrine. That's what Christmas Christmas is the most evil thing that's ever come into the world. That's why we're close to the end of time. Nobody cares what anything means anymore. And i got to go through that in this study. Let's pray. Lord thank you for truth. God I I'm tired. Give me strength. Give the church strength. Help us to understand that you're coming soon. You have to be with all this apostasy in the church. Thank you for truth. Give us strength to stand. Fight our battles for us. We give you the praise for everything in Christ's name. Amen. If y'all want to look at any of these papers I got, you're welcome to. Okay. Appreciate it. Thank you. you. I love you too, man.